Hi, it's Mark Sisson. Welcome to the Primal Blueprint Podcast, where we deliver a variety of fresh content to help you live awesome. Enjoy the show. Engage with us online at marksdailyapple.com and on social media, and send your questions to info at primalblueprint.com. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Primal Blueprint Podcast. Today, I'm really excited about our guest for so many reasons, but one is, is that probably one of the bravest moves a person could make he recently made, which is that John Venus, who's with us today, uh, is very well known for being a vegan bodybuilder and was a proselytizing vegan, and then recently came out and said, hey, this isn't right for me. And wow, he got a ton of hate and backlash, really nasty stuff uh, from the vegan community. And normally, you know, uh, uh, someone as yourself, John, you know, coming onto a podcast like this might be entering into the lion's den a little bit, but, but I think we, we do agree on some things and I'm, I'm so grateful for you to come on and talk about this journey because this is recent and, um, it must be a little tough, but before we get into you changing your mind, um, and how that happened, Tell us a little bit about how you got into fitness and what led you into going down the road of going, ooh, veganism is for me. <laughs> Great question. And uh, thank you so much for having me on. Uh, this is going to be really interesting. So I think the best place to start would be all the way back nine years when I met my uh, wife or girlfriend at the time. And prior to that, I've always just been a you know moderately active uh, teenager um, did some sports, a little bit of tennis, some MMA and these things, but never really committed to a sport or to a, a lifting or gym routine at all. Um, and when I met my girlfriend, she was, you know, really into fitness and going to the gym and, and kind of like bodybuilding. Um, and that was something that I always wanted to do, but I never kind of thought about taking it seriously. So she kind of inspired me to start lifting, uh, in the gym and, and pick up the weights. And, um, you know, ever since then, I've kind of just been hyper-focused on that as a, as a main hobby and, uh, you know, just training almost every single day for the last nine years, trying to optimize my fitness performance, learning about nutrition and, and just, you know, bodybuilding science and all kind of, kind of stuff that kind of, um, allows me to maximize, um, my performance and, and my progress. And I started sharing that journey online with uh with people uh I, th I believe it was back in 2013 or 2014 or something like that that's when i started sharing publicly how my journey was like so yeah that's how i got into it um it was because of my girlfriend and yeah it allowed me to find this new passion of mine and uh yeah i've been really interested in and hyper focused on it ever since when did the dietary piece, did you grow up as a vegan? And if not, then what was it because of your girlfriend saying, hey, not only do I, you know, hit the gym, but here's mm -hmm. also the dietary paradigm. She did introduce both to you or did you find veganism another way? Yeah. So this is a little bit of a interesting one. So I grew up in a, so I'm, I was born in the States in uh, in Charlotte, North Carolina, but I, I've, basically never lived in the States apart from, you know, maybe four years or three years of my life. And most of my time I've spent in Brazil, um, different parts of Europe, Norway. My dad's Norwegian, my mom's Brazilian. So we've kind of had this weird mixture and, and weird kind of dynamic. And, and our diet has always been 
uh, growing up a mixture of Norwegian kind of traditional food and Brazilian traditional food. So a lot of barbecues uh, during the weekend, rump steak and chicken hearts were my favorite always. Um, so we had barbecues twice a week for the 18 years that I grew up in the household. Um, so veganism was nowhere in the picture at all. I didn't even know what vegetarianism was um, because I never encountered a, a vegetarian, let alone a vegan growing up. Um, so the dietary piece or veganism was introduced to me many, many years later. So this was kind of introduced to me for the first time by my brother, uh, who was the first one in the family to go vegan. Uh, and that was about seven or eight years ago. And he all of a sudden just came back uh, home. And this was when we, you know, we're all grown up and, and he just came back home. I think it was for Christmas or something. And we're all spending a, you know, celebrating Christmas together. And he said he wasn't going to partake in our traditional kind of, uh, you know, food um, celebration. So, uh, that was a huge shock to me. I remember being so mad at him and uh, frustrated <laughs> that he was rejecting our culture and our traditions. And it was like a big kind of um, conflict. And I, I remember giving him a really hard time about it. Um, so he did it for health reasons. He was a um, biomedicine or biochemistry student. And um, he watched Forks Over Knives and, and got interested for health reasons uh. and tried to convince me for health reasons and, and um, you know, got me to watch the documentary. I couldn't really give two, two, you know, poops about that. Uh, at that time, I was just thinking about, you know, smashing in the weights and, and getting as big as possible. And I thought that veganism would be the, the worst thing possible for me to do. Um, so a couple of years went by and by chance, uh, me and my girlfriend decided to watch Earthlings, which was a, a documentary kind of looking at the behind the scenes of factory farming and, and the animal industry. So we watched that. And after that movie, we kind of were just shocked and we're just like, wow, is that how our food is produced? Is this, you know, how everything works? And we and, just, and let we me interject to, by saying yep. also, too, that we are appalled as well. And, you know, hopefully, you know that by now, like, our, oh, yeah, you know, that our community is, you know, and just for the people out there listening, hey, Paleo Primal Community, one thing we're really about is regenerative farming, the great kill systems by Temple Grandin. You know, we are for pasture-raised farms, the earth, not these horrible factory farms. It's a disaster. Yeah. So just wanted to put that point in there that, yes, it is awful. <laughs> yeah. And I think most people, um, you know, whether like whatever their beliefs are, I think most people would be appalled if they saw that movie. Um and that really got us, you know, just in awe and just like, you know, we decided there and then that we were going to go vegan just to at least try not to support this system, right? Because we thought everything was about factory farming and there was no other way and we had to explore a different way of living. I just had to have one more Ben and Jerry's cookie dough ice cream, um, you know, <laughs> smashed down a pint of that. <laughs> one last ribeye and, and a pint ice cream. <laughs> exactly. And then that was it. So... So it was an ethical time. decision for you initially. It was, and, and you said, like yeah. you just said, you were sort of unaware that there were other options to farming and raising animals. 100%. You thought all of the meat production, that there was no way you could support something sustainable. 100%. Okay. And, um, you know, I, I, I think what was the last push was definitely just, you know, really connecting to the fact that these animals were, you know, actual 
you know, sentient beings and just like, you know, they, in the documentary, they do a really good job to like make you really feel emotions. And, and that really got to us. So um, I, I had a YouTube channel already. I was already on social media. I had a following of maybe about 20, 30,000 uh, people or something like that. And I announced a change and, and that was kind of like, you know, um, me kind of switching from a, a regular fitness channel to a, a more vegan focused uh, fitness and nutrition lifestyle uh, channel and started sharing my journey and what I learned and, and um, you know, was doing something different that no one else was doing at the time. Um, and I was kind of prepared to lose all my, my progress, my gains. I just wanted to, you know, really explore this because... At the time, I remember looking for other examples of bodybuilders or athletes who were vegan, and I really couldn't find any. And this was, um, you know, over five years ago. So at that time, I couldn't really find anyone who was like competing in Mr. Olympia or something like that um, that was doing really well. Um, so I was really going into unknown waters and really scared that I was going to, you know, ruin all my progress. Um, luckily I overcompensated by eating a ton of food, a lot of vegan pizza and things that I probably shouldn't have done. Um, but at least I knew that I wasn't vanishing. I, I started gaining weight and, and everything was just going fine. I actually, you know, throughout the, the five years of being vegan, I actually put on muscle mass. Uh, so I kind of was proving the myth, uh, uh, disproving the myth that vegans cannot build muscle. And that was kind of my gig for, for five years and giving speeches all around the world on nutrition and, and vegan fitness and, and these things. And, and okay, so it was in, so interesting. So at, at the time, during this five years when you're vegan, I've got a couple of questions for you. Did you ever yep. miss or crave meat? Um, no, I didn't. I mean, okay. like if I walked past a someone who was firing up a, a barbecue like yeah i'd be like mm, that smells really good but the ethical aspect you know because yes. i was only vegan for the ethical reasons i always related that back to you know murder and and you know it's not right to do that and and, and kind of like all these thoughts and and beliefs that were so deeply ingrained in me so i never kind of got to a point where i was like actually craving the meat because in my mind i correlated that to all the bad things that happen in the world, right? So it was never an issue for me to abstain from from eating meat at all. Yeah, I, let's. I would love to get into this discussion because again, you've been on a side for so long and embedded in. Mm -hmm. You know, like when you mentioned forks over knives. So my perspective when I watched that movie is in the first ten minutes, I saw them state an absolute false fact <laughs> and i turned it off because they cl <laughs> they claimed that uh papua new guinea and these certain places were healthy because they ate a low-fat diet and uh they don't they ate a ton of pork and fat <laughs> and i had just done a documentary on that culture so i was like yeah right. no this is bullshit <laughs> okay but i get it <clears throat> i get it sometimes we see something and again we're we're not looking outside of it so during your time as a vegan, right, you know, we hear all of these different arguments, right? You know, they'll try to be like, well, look at gorillas, you know, they're strong and they're vegan. And you're like, yeah, but they've got a fermentive digestive system. Like there's always another answer or, well, okay, so B12, right? We can talk about that. Oh, so obviously we need to eat animals for that. But then the vegan will say, yes, but it's still an ethical choice. But here's what I'm wondering a little bit about when you're going through this kind of conundrum of like, hmm, with this part of it, when you decided to finally get off of it is, you know, it's just kind of interesting to me, because it's like, 
you know, right now there's bunnies everywhere where I live and they're food for all the other animals, right? And they get, some people would say, well, okay, well, the animals can't choose to make this decision, but it's part of our like ingrained lifestyle. I have not seen any science. Like I, we don't hate vegans. We're not anti-vegan, but, but what I've never liked about vegans is it's a choice and accept that as your ethical choice if you'd like, even though there might be inherent philosophical problems with it, but, but, but don't give me bad science. What did you see? I mean, you know, I know there's some science claimed in documentaries that you watch and things like that, but was there anything that was questionable to you that didn't make sense along the way when you started to go have doubts? Like what, what were those things? Did you come across a study? Did you, you know, cause I guess we should start with that part of your change happened when you, you had a, a child. Yeah, a hundred percent. And even to preface uh, the, like kind of what I believed all the time was just everything that the vegan doctors and, you know, nutritionfacts.org and Michael Greger and, and uh, Neil Bernard and, and these uh, prominent vegan doctors uh, were saying, right? When you're vegan, you kind of, you have to stick within, you know, your bubble. It becomes a situation where either you're vegan or you're anti-vegan. There is no middle ground. There is no neutral uh, standpoint. So when you're a vegan and you want to you know, look at the science, you look for the science from vegans because anything else would be biased. Anything else would be, you know, supported by animal industry or people sure. who don't share the same beliefs as you. So it's kind of like, you know, it, not many vegans look at science that is kind of uh, put put through uh, by other people, uh, you know, that are not vegan. So that was kind of like, you know, I was educated by the, the science that people in the vegan community use, all the all the epidemiology studies, all the nutritionfacts.org uh, resources, uh, and then documentaries as well. Now, I have to say that when wh- even while I was a vegan, when I when I watched these documentaries like What the Health, when they you know were making claims like you know eating an egg is the same as smoking cigarettes, I was like, okay, well, and you know this is crossing the line a little bit. Like, yeah. Yeah, and and multiple multiple instances like that, and I was just like, well, you know, at least they're doing it for a good cause, whatever. I'll let it slip. Um, Let's talk about that good cause, though. I heard you asking someone once. uh, I recently watched a vegan was interviewing you about this, and you said to them, you said, okay, so let's say you found out you had a month left to live, but that if you ate (laughs) meat, it would save you. Would you eat meat? And he was like, no. And again, (laughs) this concept, I guess, describe to us inside the vegan world this ethical concept of really animals over even yourself, right? Like this sacrificial, this animals above humans kind of thing. I guess that's the way we would look at it. How, how, how is that? What's that idea? What's that belief? Let us in on the inside. We don't know. We don't know what you guys were thinking. (laughs) What were you thinking? Tell us. So, so my reason for being vegan was always because it was unnecessary to eat animals. I thought it was completely 100% possible for every single human on the planet to be optimally healthy on a vegan diet. And that was my belief because if, if I understood that that was maybe not the case, then, you know, the, the ethics kind of subsided. It's kind of secondary. Right. Um, so I, I wouldn't say most vegans share the belief that this guy that I was uh, doing a live stream with, who, who is a, one of the most popular, uh, vegan advocates. I wouldn't say most vegans share that belief, but I think when you really come down to it and, and you make them understand that maybe there is a situation where someone just can't be vegan and, and you know, th- there is no way around it, 
And for these people who are so ingrained in veganism and they have made veganism their core identity and there is nothing else, there is veganism and, and nothing. And for these people, they just can't allow any other beliefs to challenge their, their identity. So they end up saying these things like they, they would actually you know, let themselves die before harming another animal, um, which is strange because, you know, as we all know, animals are harmed either way, no matter how you eat, right? So, and some of them um, will kill that, you. Some of them will kill Right, right. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. But I no. wouldn't say most vegans think like, like that. I think that, that that's, that's a bit view. of an extreme case. Yeah. So, okay. So, let me ask you this. So, you know, sometimes, and again, I'm not. And, and I'm, I'm going to bring up the word cult, but, you know, because you just talked about that kind of mentality, it's rigid, and I'm not calling veganism a cult, but I guess, you know, there are culty factions of every area, sure. right? Probably even paleo and carnivore and whatever. So entrenched, ensconced in this belief system, and, you know, you don't look at things outside of it, did it ever, you know, like, for example, I had a friend who was kind of in something, and then they got out, and we were all like, so did you not ever hear about this? Did you not ever hear about that? And they were like, no, we never heard about that. So I guess, like, there's just certain things like, did you guys ever, was the objection ever brought up? Did you ever consider that? So uh, many beetles and, you know, bugs and things are killed in order to get you the vegetables too. Like there has to be death somewhere. If it's not you, it's the organic farmer, whether it's herbicides or whatever, you know, soy fields are like large animals are shot to protect them. So I'm like, are these things that ever kind of came up in discussion with vegans or that, you know, like what were your thoughts yeah. on those things? If so, you knew so about the, them? There is a, there is a comeback for every single argument, right? Like, <laughs> right. Know, that's, is, exactly. I, that's why I'm not asking you what the comeback yeah. is. You know, I was debating this, like I, I would be the one, like now I, I, I feel like I can still debate and argue both sides because I've been doing it for so long. Right. Um, but it's it definitely, there is always a, a comeback, right? So, uh, with, with crop deaths and, and these things, and it's, it's one, one of the main ones that people, myself included throughout there is that these deaths are unintentional, right? Even though you know that they're using pesticides, you know, we call it unintentional and kind of like, you know, there is no way around it. So, uh, and, and the other one is that, well, uh, animals are fed way more plants and grains than humans. So, you know, if you want to, you know, uh, make sure that there is even less crop deaths and all these things, you have to stop eating animals. So what they don't talk about is is grazing animals and, and you know, pasture-raised animals and sure. these things, because that would be a, a different story. They, they focus on the grain-fed factory farm system, which, you know, fair point, it is true that, you know, they eat a, a ton of grains and and therefore the environmental impact and the the total deaths do increase because of that. Um, but there is no discussion about, you know, pasture-raised animals in terms of, um, you know, crop deaths and that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, there is always a, a argument or, or a comeback for every single <laughs> kind of uh, point that you can make imaginable because, you know, there are YouTubers or vegans out there full-time just making debunks about all kinds of claims that go against it. And I guess that is a case for every kind of dietary camp um you know there's always there are always people trying to debunk each other and, and it's just a debunk of the debunk of another debunk and it's a, <laughs> a huge mess so it's, it's a domino effect yeah all right so uh, just out of curiosity so of all of those things right because you've been on both sides yeah. what are the ones that make you laugh now that you defended <laughs> the, the most because there's going to be you know i'm sure there's a lot of them and some are less than others but what are what are some of those let me just be curious because you 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 have the whole laundry list of all of <laughs> the things yeah uh, you know i think the the main one would be 
that you know vegan uh, or humans were our obligate herbivores so like you know we're our biology yes. is designed to be herbivorous and i never really subscribed to that because i understand that we're you know we, we've been eating meat forever so i never really personally subscribed to that idea um, but that's the one that i kind of agree dislike the most or or yeah it's it's just not it's just something against that it, pure science and nature right. and that's where they get stuck in the whole ethical and or personal right and it then it goes round and round on that. Okay, so so fascinating. Honestly, it really is fascinating to us because it is it is interesting when you get into the proselytizing nature of it. And listen, the owner of this podcast, Mark Sisson, his son is a vegetarian and grew up one. And you know what? So listen, these are all choices. But like you said, I think that's what gets me the most is that claim that you just mentioned. <clears throat> I'm like yeah. I'm like, don't push over the edge. Like just stay in your lane of the choice and be cool with right. that. But don't try to scientifically something that's crazy um all right so then where did things start to get suspicious for you where you started to doubt that this was going to be something you were going to stick with what when did the doubt start coming in well I, i'd say when i started doing more high level coaching when i was like really because it's, i've always been doing you know customized plans and workout plans and, and these more generic um kind of coaching methods but once i did more kind of in-depth coaching and, and really try to analyze people's health issues and and, and really get to the bottom of, of different problems that people are facing. A lot of times it was really hard to find a plant-based solution to those issues. And and that was kind of like my first kind of wake-up call in terms of, okay, maybe we don't have you know all the answers. Maybe there are some people that just can't make it work um, because as I said before, I always believe that every single person on the planet can make it work. And now I know for a fact that that's not true because I have so many people that, you know, are either friends or, you know, people I work with who just are not able to digest anything other than animal foods. And and you always hear about people who, you know, either have twisted stomachs or autoimmune conditions and, and all kinds of stuff that are just not able to digest fiber and, and plant foods. And, and they're able to perfectly absorb everything, all the nutrition from animal foods. And that really yes. says something. Um, so yeah, I want to like interject because, you know, a couple weeks ago, we had Sean Baker on. He's a, he's a medical doctor who's a carnivore. Same with Paul Saladino. And there is a big movement. And again, they're not saying everybody should be eating this way either. But the, the, the miraculous results of these people with autoimmune conditions is short of, I mean, it's complete. It's amazing. And, and yeah. that can't be denied either. Yeah. I mean, and again, not that vegan would work with someone, although here's what I've seen. I've been on the planet longer than you is what I've seen is that about 17 years seems to be a threshold where a really good, attentive, incredible, just doing it right vegan then hits a wall at some point. I've met a lot of those. And I know a couple that actually hold their nose and still eat meat, don't enjoy it, don't want it, don't like the texture, grossed out by it, but they do it medicinally, actually. Right. Um, and like, okay, hey, like whatever, what, you're saving your life. Good for that. Um, so it's interesting. It seems like it reaches a threshold there. Um, so what, are, what were some yeah. of the things you uh, felt couldn't be corrected by a plant-based diet that you were seeing that were mm -hmm. these problems that were out there? Yeah, well, you know, there there are people with um, you know severe autoimmune conditions that just have people have extreme reactions to um, anything that is from the plant kingdom, right? So um, they'll start having you know fever, fever, um, kind of like symptoms, uh, 
nausea and a lot of things and they just can't handle it and and it gets worse over time the, the more they try to stick to a vegan diet and that is just you know one aspect like the maybe more extreme versions but there are a lot of people who do develop um, gut issues and people who just can't really get to the place where they're able to digest beans and legumes um, as well as as they should um, because you know when you're a vegan you always say that oh you gotta l allow your microbiome to adjust which is true but not everyone is able to and therefore they're just you know stuck in a life of just farting all over the place you know at work <laughs> at home and it's oh, just yeah, not don't a, get me started a, on the climate effect of that <laughs> no, <I'm just> <laughs> right exactly yeah so and and okay so so i see like, so that know, really I, did I, it that kind of said all right hold on a minute <laughs> Yeah, exactly. That was that was the thing. No, but you know, to to be fair to like you know veganism and and plant based diets, um, in terms of autoimmune and stuff like that, like one of the things that really got me to believe in this was that my youngest brother, he was diagnosed with, with Vitaligo and he was uh, he followed Dr. Furman's diet and and he actually reversed it. So that was like you know wow, like that was like my first kind of. Um, real life, uh, hands-on kind of observation that I could mm. see really working. Right. But again, there's a big difference. Like not everyone will react the same. And also that is a short intervention. Uh, it's not, doesn't mean that it's going to be, um, as help, helpful and healthy for, like you're saying, like 17, 20 years, um, down the line. Right. So there, there are people obviously healing on a plant-based diet and, and there are a million different ways of doing a plant-based diet for, you know, diabetes or heart disease or different autoimmune conditions. But for or, the most extreme detox. cases... Let's just say that. Like my, exactly. pa my paleo doctor who tells everybody they should go buy an ancestral model, of course, and all the good regenerative meat and stuff we're talking about, not the crap, he also right. suggests about four times a year to do sort of a paleo vegan, meaning the no grains, beans, legumes version, but no meat for like a week and, you know, do a little detox and clean out the system and just go light. I mean, you know... There's, there's nothing wrong with it, again, in short term or even longer term for some people. But again, like you said, there is, there's balance here. And you were just too in the camp of this is the only way, I guess. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. Until I met these people that just cannot digest or, or absorb anything other than animal nutrition. Um, and that was like really the, the wake up call, um, that I, that I needed. And also like, uh, the, well, what the, was the that moment though? Did you say, uh Oh, uh, then maybe I need to be eating meat or like, you know, how no, did you that, decide that was... like this was going to mm -hmm. happen? Yeah. So when I and my wife, um, you know, were when we had our kid, obviously we did a lot of research. We, we do know a lot of uh, vegan parents and kids. So we we're kind of comfortable with our choice. But the more I researched and at that point I was like really willing to look at the other side and, and step out of the the vegan kind of bubble and just like try to look at resources from all sides and and just read and, and listen to as many different opinions as possible and then you know my mind started opening up to you know different possibilities and and opening uh my mind to the fact that maybe a hundred percent vegan diet is not the most optimal for everyone and i was like you know if it's not most optimal for everyone why would i as a parent take the risk that maybe I'm feeding a suboptimal diet to my son when I cannot know his when he's you know having a symptom because he's he's a baby or you know a very young child I cannot you know figure 
that out. Um, I can figure it out on myself and adults have a, a much better understanding and, and can are more in tune with their bodies. But for kids, it's a little bit different and, and you have to take a little bit more of a precaution. Um, so I just, you know, got to the point where I decided that, uh, you know, this is, this is, this is the least kind of safe route and this has not been experimented on before. like you know we we're pioneer pioneering this this movement there is no one else you know really doing it there are a couple of people that i know that who are born and raised vegan and, and are now in their uh, mid-20s and stuff like that but apart from those very very few examples there is no you know evidence suggesting that this um is possible and and not and and definitely not optimal right for for human health and so deciding and figuring out that that was a less safe path i decided against it all right so then you you do a video and you're like hey <laughs> you're like hey world <laughs> um, yeah actually i just actually, i want to commend you man it's really hard to fall in that, that is really brave like it, we, there, i don't know if you know you, well you may learn about him if you're going to be going down our path now uh, to some degree but there's a professor in south africa named uh tim noakes and he wrote books back in the day about like you know tr training and running and all about like carbon up and it's all about glucose and then he got diabetes and he realized also this is not the way we had the wrong paradigm and he had to come out and fall on his sword and it was just a shitstorm of negativity towards him beyond belief by all of his colleagues and you just got hit hard with this i mean really commend you just it doesn't even matter what the topic is in, in this world i'm ad in admiration of anyone who's been proselytizing in one direction and just has the chutzpah the balls to come out and say you know what all right you know i i think differently now so uh, i just want to commend you there but also it's, you you got hit uh, Boy, you made some good points about the nastiness, right? Like, here are these ethical people, save the animals, save the world, and then you just got a lot of hate. Tell us about that experience. Yeah, I mean, you know, the actually the first, I've, I've had two different experiences in the last 12 months where I've kind of just, you know, put some questions out there publicly. Nowhere near, you know, like, I've never said that I was not vegan anymore or anything like that, but I... The first one was when I saw some of my friends quit veganism and getting shamed for it. I kind of publicly said it was it was like really disappointing. It was it was really counterproductive. It, it paints a bad picture for veganism, and I got quite a lot of backlash for that as well. And and the video I made was kind of like saying that I don't want to identify with the label vegan, and that got me you know <laughs> already on the bad side of uh, a lot of the ethical crowd. Um, and then, um, six, no, eight months ago, I did a little experiment where I ate, uh, three eggs just to see if I had any you know, difference, like if I felt any different. Um, and I didn't, and I made a video about that experiment and concluded that, you know, I didn't feel any difference. So I'm going to continue as a vegan, but the backlash on that was huge as well. For and just you trying you it. For just you trying, a hundred percent. Even exactly, though it's funny because really your sad. outcome was in their favor, so that you'd think right. they wouldn't have the backlash. Exactly, but, right? Exactly, but you're not allowed to experiment, I guess. <laughs> you know, that's uh, against right. the rules. Um, but yeah, the backlash this time was obviously next level. I mean, I have like twelve thousand comments on on the video that I made. Um, it's and it's probably ninety nine percent, um, you know, negative. I've gotten you know all kinds of death threats and. 
and people saying that they're, you know, grouping up and praying every night that we, you know, <laughs> die of cancer and all these things. So they're very extreme. I love the and, and I love the death threats topics. and the death prayers because they're <laughs> right. they're supposedly all about let's stop death. Right. Okay. Yeah, and and one of the the most common threats that I get is that they're uh, they say karma is going to get me and they're praying every day that I, that I get some disease. And, and, and I'm like, I think you got the wrong idea about karma. Like, this is not how, <laughs> how it works, but um, like you should look at your yeah. own comment too on the karma scale and see where you're at. Wow. Exactly. Yeah, no. So, so that's, that's a lot. Um, okay. So now how long have you introduced um, animal foods back into your life? I think it's been two months at this point. Yeah, so not long at all. Not long at all. Okay, so, but you had the experience like when you're growing up and younger and having it and then being, you know, vegan for five years. While you were vegan, were there any noticeable negative symptoms you had or were you good all the way up until you changed? Do you notice a difference now? Like, is there any kind of factors that, that you can think of? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I would say I didn't really have, I, I think I did really well as, as well as I could. Um, I did suffer a, a herniated disc injury, but you know, many people do that. So I can't really blame the, the diet on that. Um, but you know, it was really detrimental for everything that I do. I, I love, you know, hiking, you know, jumping around and sprinting and playing soccer. And I couldn't do any of that. I was like off the gym for like a year or something like that. Um, and obviously I, I did question the diet because of that a little bit, you know, is there a way that I can recover quicker? It's not normal that I, that I'm like 12 months, uh, you know, still in pain. I'm, you know, in my twenties. So it, it did get me to question a little bit, but I never had any serious health issues at all. I was always, you know, feeling good. Um, didn't have any issues that I was really concerned about. Um, my girlfriend did have, you know, some low levels of some nutrients, but nothing, you know, extreme. Um, and, uh, my wife, sorry, if I said girlfriend, <laughs> hope she doesn't listen to that. Um, but, uh, apart from that, everything was good. Um, everything was perfectly okay. And, and I thought I was optimally healthy, but then I, I started eating animal foods and I started with some mussels and some, some eggs. And within, I'd say, you know, a week or so, um, my muscle cramps went away. And I didn't really think about my muscle cramps as a big issue because I was so used to it. But um, Did you think that was cramps, just a part of your extreme, like, like did you think that was just par yeah. for the course? Yeah, I th you know, I thought maybe it was, you know, me drinking coffee or, or okay. it was, uh, you know, maybe not getting enough electrolytes, magnesium, zinc. Mm -hmm. And I did try to supplement with these and just increase my... Uh, zinc and magnesium intake and, and these things, but nothing really did the trick, right? So uh, I was like, you know, sometimes cramping them so badly that I had to lay down and just breathe deeply and just, you know, pray that the pain will go away. It was wow. really bad at, at one point. And that went away. Um, you know, I still have some cramping here and there, but it's nowhere near as bad. Um, so that was kind of one of the most noticeable things. The, the other thing I did was take a picture every day on my face just to see if there was any noticeable, you know, difference to my skin tone or anything like that. And I was really not expecting, like a lot of people say, Oh, it's, you know, placebo or no, nocebo, whatever. And just, um, you know, say it's all psychological, but I was really not expecting any changes. And I wasn't even decided a hundred percent that I was going to 
you know, not go back to eating a plant-based diet. So, um, but I did notice my skin filling out, um, around my eyes, uh, you know, my, my cheeks and more color on my skin. And Collagen, it was just, perhaps. <laughs> yeah, right. Maybe who knows, right? I was like, but, Oh, John, um, I, I wish you would have called us five years ago. We would have known. Just kidding. <laughs> yeah. No, so, so that was uh, the main one. And yeah. And then, you know, I did, um, my back is feeling really good. Um, I did kind of, I've kind of been able to recover in the last, I'd say four, five months or something like that. But now it's been especially feeling good. Um, so can't really say, I mean, it's still early. It's only been eight weeks, but, um, the, no, the, the differences have already been, you know, noticeable enough in terms of just how I look. And it it sounds a bit silly to base everything on just aesthetic differences, but, you know, it does say something when your they're, skin they're tone a sign changes. Of health. They, they, you, right. you feel a difference when you're looking at yourself, right? One looks healthier, feels healthier. Right. Um, at least so far, we hope it doesn't go sideways, <laughs> but if it does, <laughs> oh, well, um, yeah. I, okay, so do you, have you enjoyed the animal foods you've eaten um, or has it been gross to you? Like, because you were mm-hmm. away from it for so long. Yeah, no, it's, I would say some of like, if I don't prepare the, the muscles correctly or something like that in the beginning, it, was, it, was, it wasn't that enjoyable. Um, but if I had it in like an olive oil or, and just like well prepared, it was, it was quite enjoyable. Um, the eggs I've, didn't really have a problem with it. Um, I think the the one thing that was a bit weird was, um, you know, eating meat again. Um, and it wasn't that I found it disgusting or, or not tasty. It was just like understanding that I hadn't touched this thing for five years and, and now I'm, you know, biting into this flesh and this animal that was living. And it was just more of a, a trippy experience psychologically yeah. rather than... Uh, than the bad taste. I was actually, you know, really enjoying the taste of it actually now that I look, that I think back and I still do. I, I, I enjoy all the, like, I've never been a picky eater. I've always liked eating everything. So yeah, definitely don't have a, so you're open to like experience. all fish, you know, plants, animals, all of it now. Yeah. A hundred percent everything. Um, you know, I, I do like, I am a bit of a situation where, you know, because I was my kind of, moral code is so has been so developed during my time as a as a vegan i've grown so much as a person that i i just can't you know i i can't support factory farm i can't just go to a restaurant and, and just eat meat and, and that kind of stuff so i'm i'm doing things very differently still sure. but i'm i'm eating meat and eggs and and fish it's just that i'm getting everything and sourcing everything myself so uh, we we are living with um you know hunters and people who have access to gay meat and uh we just bought a bunch of chickens so we we have a backyard operation now great um you're doing it the right way you're doing it the (laughs) right the way that we always suggest and hope that people do if they can which is like all that you're saying is get to the closest to the land as possible with it yeah yeah exactly and that's how i kind of you know justify it and and again when i when the necessity part becomes a little bit more clear it doesn't feel wrong at all. It feels it feels very right to eat these animal products because I know the benefits. I know that I'm doing this for, for my family, for our health, and also even f- for the sustainability of the planet and just kind of showing people that it is possible to eat meat in a little bit of a different way and, and in a more conscious way. So have you ever heard about a guy named Tovar Sutruli? 
Uh, I don't think so, no. The reason I bring him up, and um, also for the audience, he, he's been on the podcast before a long time ago. He's a vegan turned hunter. And he was a vegan, organic vegan for like 20, yeah, like 20 years until he got sick. And he was still just a part of this ethical story. And he eventually he wrote a book about it. And it's called um, uh, The Mindful Carnivore. It's a really great book. And oh. if you get a chance to Google uh, his, you know, him and watch some interviews with him, yeah, I think you'd really appreciate his his transition. It sounds it sounds similar to the mindfulness that you're approaching this too, because you still do have this level of hey, the way they're doing it over here is not right. We absolutely agree with all of that as well. So yeah. I think that's amazing. I think in fact your contributions uh, moving forward with getting the word out about that are so important. Because people are so willing to lump the factory farming into like, see, meat, meat, overall meat's bad. And you're like, no, no, that meat is bad. And what that meat does right. to the environment is bad. And what it does to our soil is bad. And it's just a wrong situation. And oddly enough, it's because they're not eating their native diet, right? They're being force fed these grains that they're not supposed to be eating, you know? And so, of course, they get sick. <laughs> you know? And of course, you have to give yeah. them antibiotics. I mean, that's how it works, right? But the same goes with us. So obviously, I know you wouldn't be suggesting, you know, people go out and do like, you know, canola oils and other things that aren't aren't whole yeah. foods. Um, where where do you go from here? You know, um, like, what, what's what's your next foray? Um, because you are a public figure in the health space. I'm, I'm yeah. just going to share your story and do this N equals one publicly? Or, or what are your thoughts? Yeah. So, you know, since the backlash, it's it's kind of been a, a little bit of a turbulent time in terms of content uh, like production, because everything that I put out is just immediately turned into a hundred video responses by vegans and, and just like a, a shame fest. So, <laughs> you know, it's taken me some time to, you know, make some regular vlogs. I've now made one and actually just released one like 30 minutes ago. Um, and I'm just sharing my journey and, and um, a little bit of, um, you know, where I'm at, um, you know, uh, like kind of like psychologically, uh, what my plans are. I made a video explaining that I'm going to start hunting and uh, that didn't go down too well at all uh, with the vegan community. That was like the <laughs> a huge kind of um, backlash. Oh, you uh, you it, just absolutely poured salt into everyone's wounds on that yeah, one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 100%. And I, and I figure like, you know, I, I knew that it was going to create even more hatred and stuff like that, but I just figured, you know, let's let's just get everything out of the way. <laughs> this, these are my plans. I'm going to start hunting. I'm going to do this, this, this. And for better or worse, I've put it all on the table and, and um, you know, just hoping for the best basically but there's a lot of support as well there is a lot of even vegans who you know support my decision and they understand the difference between factory farming and and more mindful omnivory and they appreciate my my transparency and honesty and and uh, how i'm approaching the situation so there's been a lot of support as well um that is kind of like shining through the, all the all the hate and negative uh, messages so i'm really grateful for that as well um but moving forward you know i'm i'm getting ready to uh get my hunting license so that's going to be a big part of my evolution um you know obviously it's not something that is sustainable for everyone on the planet but we do i i am in a very fortunate situation where i live in a place that is just overcrowded with with deer and with uh you know these things that kind of need to be controlled right so um i'm in a situation where i can't actually 
hunt um, and get some stuff that is, you know, optimal for for my health that I know is not grain fed and, and um, you know, mistreated or whatever else. I have the sea and rivers here that do have, uh, you know, salmon um, and um, some some other fish um, that hopefully are not too contaminated. So I'm like, I'm really happy with the situation and I'm in a really um, kind of privileged position. But at the same time, along with that, I understand that there's a responsibility and a, and a, and a um, kind of point to make that it's this is not for everyone, right? There is a way um, to eat meat, especially if it is optimal for human health and, and people are not going to stop it. There is a still a, a room for regenerative agriculture and, and cattle and, and these things that can help people that can't do things the way that I'm doing. And I don't want to kind of um, like make it seem like I'm against everything um, other than what I'm doing currently. And that's kind of how vegans do it. And I don't want to, you know, jump back into similar patterns just because I've jumped into a different way of living, if you know what I mean. Absolutely. No, really fascinating journey. And for everyone out there, if you're curious about sustainable meats, um, there's eatwild.com, which is like a big resource index for various farms and places in your states. There's White Oak Pastures, there's Rep Provisions, there's Butcher Box, there's other places for, you know, getting grass fed. And now a lot of um, stores do have it. And so yeah, it's the preferable choice if you can do it. And like you said, you're in a privileged position. Well, I would love to have you back on in the future and hear about your foray into hunting and that experience itself. I mean, it's, that's a very primal experience we would say it's built into your DNA, you're meant to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, but also it's going to be interesting for your first experience to strip an animal down and do that whole, I mean, that's, yeah. that's, I don't know, like, I want to do that too. But part of me is like, ew, gross. <laughs> like I did, I did see a slaughter once and I literally like couldn't get the smell out of my nose for like a week. I was like, oh my God, this is disgusting. So yeah. you know, there's, but it didn't turn me off to eating it. That's for sure. But it, it was, it was, you know, it's going to be interesting. So I'd love for you to keep in touch and, um, and again, just really commend you. This is a really brave thing. You know, it's very, uh, I wrote a book called Confident as uh, Fuck. And that's very confident of you to be so open and vulnerable and not care about what other people think of you, despite your huge platform as a proselytizing vegan at one point. And, you know, where'd you get that from? Because that's amazing, unless you cry every day and we don't know it, because you sound pretty <laughs> cool about it. You sound like you're like, hey, I'm comfortable in myself with with the with all the hate and everything considering yeah um you know i am definitely not crying behind uh you know behind the scenes um i'm i'm really confident in my my decisions again because i am a father and i'm i'm i know what i'm doing is coming from the right place and i'm really comfortable in um the way that i'm doing things and the way that i think and i just think that you know, again, there it's the world is not black and white. Ethics are not black and white. You know, there, there are always gray areas, and <clears throat> and there are always different ways of approaching life and, and and that kind of stuff. And and again, like I think the confidence maybe was just maybe it was just naturally there all the time, or maybe it was you know different life experiences, like you know being bullied a little bit as a kid. And then jumping on the other side and actually becoming a bully myself and, and just like, you know, having the guilt and shame about that and, and just like dealing with these psychological issues early on. Um, acne as well. I had severe acne. So I had a lot of um, kind of uh, things to go battle through in, in terms of confidence and, and um, you know, showing my face publicly to all the, the kids that were kind of poking fun at me and stuff like that. So I think everything plays a, a role 
in confidence. And I think the more you step out of your comfort zone, the more confident you do become. And I've yes. definitely stepped outside Preach. of my comfort zone a lot. You yeah. really have. That was such a such an amazing um, such an amazing journey. Thank you so much for sharing your story with us. We really appreciate. It. Is there anything you'd like to leave with our audience? Uh, no. I mean, I uh, thank you for having me on. Um, if anyone's interested in just following along uh, my journey, I do have a YouTube channel where I upload regularly and an Instagram page, so you can find me there. Just search my name, and yeah, I'll see you there. And then your website is johnvenus.com, J O N. That's correct. Yes, right now, I still I, I only have vegan meal plans, so that's probably not going to be interesting <laughs> that, for the majority. That, of that might <laughs> that might change soon, but let's so so yes, definitely yes. subscribe to his YouTube channel and check out some of the videos we've talked about. I just think you so eloquently speak about the hypocrisy of the the hate and the things and the belief systems, and it was just it was really well done. And um, yeah, good luck with everything. We will definitely keep in touch, and we'd love to have you back on. Oh, I'd love to be back. Thank you so much for having me. Hey, Primal Blueprint listeners, no dairy in your life? No problem. Primal Kitchen has you covered with our no dairy vodka sauce made from avocado oil and organic cashew butter so you can ditch the dairy and keep the decadent taste you love. Made without gluten, soy, canola oil, or artificial ingredients, this vegan plant-based sauce is paleo certified. Visit us at primalkitchen.com for more real food options, from dairy-free Alfredo sauce to tomato basil marinara and a whole host of other delicious products the entire family will love. Hi folks, Mark Sisson here. If you found your way to the Primal Path and want to help others live primally too, then visit primalhealthcoach.com to learn how you can join our mission to help 100 million people reclaim their health and how you can turn your passion for wellness into a profitable health coaching career that you love. The world needs health coaches. The world needs you. So visit primalhealthcoach.com today to learn more.